Hey guys, time for another podcast. And today I'm talking to someone from Stellar. Stellar is the blockchain technology uh, that we use within the Task platform. And I've been to a few people over the next couple of weeks from the Stellar community. Today's is with Daniel Fisher. Daniel's the creator of Stellar Mint and also Lumentropy. Uh, Lumentropy is a really cool platform that allows nonprofits to receive donations in Lumens, which is Stellar's cryptocurrency. And he's also the co-founder of Public Node. Uh, so we talk about Public Node, we talk about Lumentropy, and we go into you know, some of the use cases for nonprofits with, with blockchain. Here's my podcast with Daniel Fisher. Hey, Daniel, welcome to the Task Podcast. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing really well. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Matt. Yeah, it's, it's my pleasure. Really appreciate you joining. It's uh, getting late evening there, I know. So, um, look, we've got a, a few things to kind of kind of unpack and talk about with, with, with Stella, um, with, you know, Public Node, with Lumanthropy, and, and, you know, really want to kind of dig into the, the, the nonprofit use cases. Before I do any of that, though, it'd be great to just get a bit of, um, bit of background, you know, who you are. I will have done a little bit of an intro, but just a bit more in terms of, you know, your background, um, the kind of relationship to the to the sector and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Daniel. I often online go a lot by Mago Fox on Keybase and such like that. But I'm a, I'm a Stellar community member. Been here a bit over two years. Uh, gravitated towards this space when block Bitcoin basically and on a lot of blockchain projects really started kind of going bonkers around that that time and. And myself and a lot of others kind of paid attention. And I had heard about blockchain and Bitcoin in particular for quite some time, but I guess I never fully appreciated what it was doing uh, at that time, early, early days. Too bad I didn't know, should have, but I, <laughs> but I didn't. Um, and then I, I paid attention to it and, and eventually, you know, kind of did more research into the different blockchains and found Stellar was unique in a lot of different ways and then decided I really wanted to start building on it. I'm a non-developer, so my background is actually an econ major, and uh, but I, I really in, enjoyed this space a lot, and I wanted to, I liked what it was going to do for just the world, nonprofit space, just payments, and and a lot of, I, I saw and related to a lot of those use cases, and I wanted to help it along, and so I built some of my own projects. So it's interesting. I mean, yeah, you're, you say you're non-techie, probably much like me, and uh, an econ major, so it was really the economics of it that that got you interested, you know, looking at Bitcoin, at blockchain, at this kind of new digital economy um, opportunity? Is that kind of what, you know, brought you into this space and got you interested? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you don't really have to go very deep into economics. It was money related. Uh, I think actually what got me there and what really hit home to me is I hit some of my own remittance challenges uh, just prior to that, you know, sending money to developers and other projects that were down in Panama or um, even sending, um, trying to send money to my wife when she was visiting a friend in the Peace Corps in the Gambia. And so I had run into these kind of remittance problems well ahead of the time when I found Stellar and realized. So it was just very obvious to me some of the use cases and the benefits of Stellar of which relates to money. Yeah, right. I mean, let's talk about um, Lumanthropy because I think that's it's a really cool looking project and and I'd really like to kind of dive into it and and um, 
you know, it's it's relevant to Stellar, it's relevant to blockchain, it's relevant to nonprofits. It's a uh, uh, you know, for people on the podcast who don't know, Lumanthropy is is Daniel's project. He'll talk about, but Lumen's uh, uh, the the definition for the Stellar cryptocurrency. M- maybe Daniel, before we kind of dive in, do you want to just give a a kind of bit of a brief on Lumanthropy, what it's all about? Yeah, absolutely. So it's a play on words, uh, Lumens being the native asset on the Stellar blockchain, but also philanthropy. And so I just combined those two words to create Lumenthropy. And uh, and the, the concept there is using Lumens to provide, you know, donate and uh, to provide philanthropic uses. So I've, and support um, philanthropic, you know, nonprofits. So that was the intent of it. Uh, originally, it was really just kind of guiding and focusing the community. Um, originally, a lot of the blockchain community was focusing, trying to get people to interact with blockchain, introduce them to it. So they would give tips on Twitter and various different social media platforms. And, you know, you'd get a dollar tip from somebody and it would try to pique their interest to try to get them engaged in blockchain and, and to do as I did with, with Bitcoin early on. And, and that says, what is this all about? And let me, let me, let me see what it's about. And they, they, they thought once people saw it and used it, that they would then become believers as well. And so I saw that and I thought, well, instead of focusing just individuals, why don't we try to focus nonprofits? And the reason why is, you know, if you're going to give money away to me, just my heart is at it. I'd rather see it go to, you know, a nonprofit organization that's doing good for, you know, the people out there and, you know, just environment or whatever the happen mission was. But um, I also saw the the other use of, of Stellar and remittances. And I, you know, it clicked with me that a lot of these nonprofits are global. They have a global audience and they have global missions and they, they have footprints across the entire globe, exchanging a lot of different um, currencies. And it just made, it was an obvious click to me that if we're going to introduce them to a blockchain, why not Stellar? So Lumenthropy really was going out to nonprofits, encouraging them to create a Stellar wallet of which the community, Stellar community would fundraise for them. And, and help them on their way with a little bit of, of fundraising. Yeah, cool. It's, I mean, it, you know, I'm writing quite a bit about this now, and obviously it's a space we're in, in a slightly different way, but using Stella, um, you know, in terms of our integration into the nonprofit world. There's a statement, and I'll paraphrase it slightly, but there's a statement on, on the website, uh, I think something about, you know, imagine if uh, a million $1 donations were made to nonprofits around the world instantly, you know, at, um, with kind of 900 and, or 99.9% getting to those nonprofits, you know, something along those lines. But it's a really key statement. And I think, you know, a question that we're looking at as a business every day is, you know, why is more of this not being done? Because it is really important. And you've got some big brand names on there, some big nonprofits, but you just kind of feel that the use case is so obvious. You know, a nonprofit needs to, a donor wants to get money to a nonprofit, uh, the nonprofit needs to execute that fast. They don't want to be paying high transaction fees. Neither do the people donating. And it, it seems a real obvious use case. But I look at your project, and you feel there should be, you know, tens if not hundreds of these t- sorts of facilities out there now for nonprofits to leverage and 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 be more effective. Um, yeah, I, th- there's a question in there somewhere, but I suppose more to just kind of play around with that. You know, you. You obviously saw this problem need solving, which it does. Have you seen other use cases? Uh, you know, do you do you can you see this, you know, being done across lots of different blockchains? And and maybe why isn't it? You know, right now. 
Yeah, actually. Uh, so I think there's a lot there to unpack. I will say, so uh, the, the quote on my website is, imagine one million $1 donations being sent from all over the world and having all but $1 of those da- donations instantly available to your nonprofit. And that is something that Stellar can deliver on uh, because of its low fees and because it's borderless and its remittance. Uh, it really can make that possible. And so, you know, I, I do think there's a lot of blockchain fun blockchains that can deliver part of that mission. I think Stellar itself is uniquely situated with its low fees um, in order to make micro donations possible. So in that statement, there's some other blockchains. We know that Ethereum, uh, for example, huge blockchain, but because of the, the gas fees that they currently have, it makes it a little bit more challenging to deliver on that, that current statement that I'm saying. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think... Yes, I think that blockchain, I think a lot of the smart nonprofits, the ones kind of leading the cause and some of them being very big and thankfully that we have leaders in that space are not, they're cluing in on it in a couple of different aspects. One, there are a lot of generous people in the blockchain space. Frankly, a lot of them are starting to make quite a bit of money. So they have disposable money to donate and and, uh, you'll find, I think a lot of the leaders in this space actually give quite a lot to nonprofits. So that's one is just exposure to a new set of donors, a new set of money, um, which is one piece. The other part of it is just actually how it could help them run their business. I think that's the part that maybe is is very few have have really started realizing that um, just, you know, just today I saw uh, a tweet and this is just from a politician um, saying, you know, we spend so much on remittances and I think everybody agrees on that, but they haven't really connected the dots that there's a solution out there already that's going to help them. Um, and, and it's blockchain and, and in this particular situation, it's stellar. And I think once the nonprofits realize this, especially those huge ones, the, um, the ones that, you know, the, the Red Cross and, um, you know, the Mercy Corps and uh, these these big ones that have these giant footprints that really need to move money from across the globe and they have their audience there and maybe someone in, in a faraway place doesn't have a lot of money, but they, they recognize the devastation that might cause from a hurricane or an earthquake and they want to support it. The idea is something like Stellar will let that person give a little bit to help this uh, this cause that, that they feel you know passionate about and and I do think it's going to catch on actually I'm quite certain of it uh, it's just taken a little bit of time because you know honestly it's new regulations all of that so I think people are tiptoeing into it but thankfully we do have some of those big leaders nonprofit leaders like heifer and uh, UNICEF and some of those that are that are really starting to lean out there and kind of you know show clear path for some of the smaller guys to hop in there too yeah, cool. I think, I mean, you touched on disaster relief there. For me, disaster relief is a massively key area here because, um, you know, not just the low transaction fees, but the speed of exchange and also getting money to multiple places at once. I mean, you know, disaster relief when you only have, I think the you have like 48 hours really is your kind of window to really solve disaster relief issues. But, you know, that ability to kind of get fast cross-border payments at low transaction fees in that scenario it is huge. So. It's um, in terms of you've got some big names on there. I mean, what was the uptake like out of interest? You went through a process of just contacting these guys. Were they already in your network? Some of these NGOs, non charities, or or you just went out and kind of reached out and, and educated them on it and, and kind of got them wallets. What was the process you went through, and what was the uptake like? 
Yeah, it, it was probably a combination of all of those things. So um, I think it was the, it was, I want to say it was the Pineapple Express or something along those lines. There was a huge fundraising effort and it was, you know, Bitcoin leading the way as usual. Um, that actually onboarded, I would say, the original set of nonprofits into the blockchain space. And some of them had ventured beyond uh, block, uh, Bitcoin and some continue to do accept Bitcoin. So I kind of started there. When I first started Lumentherapy, uh, it there was only one nonprofit that I was aware of that accepted Stellar Lumens. And then, you know, now we're up to, to 16. Some of them were, you know, I was, I was making cold calls essentially by email and, and scrubbing people's websites. Thankfully, I did find some that, uh, that did accept Bitcoin and then they were receptive of, of accepting Lumens as well. Others were, you know, they were new to the space and, and needed a little coaching and, and uh, I guided them through on how to create a wallet and the opportunities and, and some of the education. And thankfully they, they went along with it and, um, you know, and there's a lot of champions out there. So once I was out there, we also had other, even cross um, blockchain folks really passionate about this and see that benefit of to nonprofits and they would help on board just in general to blockchain and they would come and contact me and say they were doing it for Stellar as well. So just with that, it was, a, it was kind of a combination of, of all of those, you know, discovering those that did it brand, you know, expanding what the, the types of currencies that some of them already do to even just brand new to this space and trying something new for the first time. Yeah, cool. In terms of you know the timing and stuff, you know the markets at the moment, it, it, it's a it's an interesting time for 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 blockchain, for cryptocurrency, for these types of exchanges this year. And I think it was like four or five years ago there was, there was a similar kind of surge, but it, it felt more like a buzz as opposed to you know things really being installed. Do you think really this year we're seeing real use cases? I mean, I saw yesterday. I think Stella made an announcement overnight about a an organization they've they've um they've invested in that is providing um smes financing options in mexico and do you think really the kind of ramp up of use cases that we're seeing that will support not just nonprofits but also this kind of cross um border payments to social enterprises to small business to emerging economies are, are we really seeing a kind of real rally for that and, and and more use cases that will come you know over the next 12 24 months you know, I really do. I, I actually see. Um, so I knew what Stellar could do, but they did have to you know, make a few additional connections to make it easy enough to for folks to actually use it and, and deliver on the use case. They've, they've been had an active network for quite some time. They're actually one of the older blockchains, but some of the new partnerships that they had, the biggest one I would say recently is uh, USDC uh, run by Circle. That just brings a bit of credibility, you know, the, the US dollar, the stable aspect of it. And they're focusing really solidly on South America where they probably need this technology the, the most and where there's, a, there's you know, the unbanked and inflation, you know, scary inflation of your, your local fiat and maybe not even the opportunity to, to invest in, in different types of assets. And I just see that ramping up. And as you get, you know, big players like Circle in there and putting on assets, you know, Franklin Templeton is mm. actually starting to issue some, some tokens on Stellar. So as we start seeing these big brand names that people know and trust, you know, with that, I think Stellar is also delivering on, on its 
what what Danelle keeps saying over and all, uh, their mission is be the blockchain that everybody knows and trusts. So I, I do. I really think within the next uh, you know two years, you are going. Stellar is going to be a household name, and I think it's going to be this use case is just too darn good for it not to keep growing and being used by nonprofits, by you know people who are sending money home, just general maintenance home. It just makes too much sense um, to not go somewhere. It, it's really, yeah, I mean, I, I, it, it seems to me there's a real case for Stella becoming big, but also becoming lost, as in it becomes something in the background, right? So, and, and I see this with, I mean, actually, if we talk about Franklin Templeton, I mean, are you able to share, do you know a lot about that? Because I was only just uh, reading about it this week, but you, in terms of if I'm, you know, someone, an investor, or, you know, a corporate investor, whatever, and I'm, what is the real use case there? And how much will that person have to know about Stella or will it just simply be about the benefits that Stella is providing because of that relationship? Yeah, I think uh, I probably know just as much as you do on okay. that. I just <laughs> no, I see their name in this space. But uh, I, I do think, and, and actually a lot of the community members have said this for a while, and, and we have a podcast over at Public Node, which we might talk about a little bit. But uh, everybody says, if Stellar is is really delivering on its mission or at blockchain in general, it's not just mm -hmm. Stellar, it will be something that people won't know. They'll be using and extracting the benefits and realizing the benefits of blockchain without actually realizing they're on the blockchain, right? Most yeah. of us aren't aren't engineers. Uh, I know the engineers love this stuff and and you know the amount of coding and some of the really technology and the science behind it is is really fascinating for a subset. <laughs> Of all of us humans but in general i think most of us humans just want it to work they want the money that they're sending somewhere to fund either something or you know pay bills back at home they just want it to work and yeah i so you're right actually maybe they won't know stellar but stellar will just be something in the background or some of these other blockchains as well that'll just be used and and people will just uh, depend on it yeah i think it's i mean it's uh it's a key thing. Yeah, sorry to throw you on the under the bus with that with that question. It was left field, but um, oh it, no no no, it is <laughs> it's something I've just been researching myself. But it, I think it is really key. I mean this this kind of you know all, all of the kind of off ramping and having um, you know anchors in various countries. I mean I think for I'm a non technical person who works in tech business, but my I demo our product and I will sometimes click on you know the hash information of the um, the stellar piece of our product. But as a non profit. You know, it's it's just understanding the benefit as opposed to the, you know, the underlying technology that's delivering that benefit. So, yeah, it, it feels for me that as this, you know, scales out and becomes more widely used and which looks like it's, I mean, it is happening now and looks continue to happen. That, that kind of being in the background, a brand in the background seems to be the kind of path to success. So um, you touched on public node. Yeah, it'd be great. Let's... Uh, I mean, do you want to just first share, you know, that's kind of your involvement in, in, in Stellar, a big part of your involvement in Stellar, right? Do you want to just give some background on Public Node, what it's all about and, and yeah, how you relate to that? Yeah, absolutely. So Public Node is, is actually a nonprofit. It's a 501c3 nonprofit. So it is also on the list, naturally, for Lumentropy of, of nonprofits that accept Lumen donations. But uh, it is, again, another uh, Stellar Community Fund initiative Um or just a community member initiative. And it, we started it, you know, there's a lot of rumblings on in this space. There's a lot of people like me that were watching, I would say Stellar community members that what Stellar was doing and its use case and its mission really resonated uh, super hard with us. And we wanted to do anything we could to further that. A lot of, a lot of us aren't programmers, but one thing that we knew 
is that a strong Stellar network is a decentralized one. And, it, and with that meaning there are computers up there validating the public ledger, making sure that everybody's balances are correct and knows when one nonprofit sends it off to someone on the field, they know where that money went. There are computers out there tracking all of that. And mm. the concept there is that there's, it's not just the Stellar Development Foundation. There's actually a bunch of different entities that are doing that. And we wanted to support the, the infrastructure behind the network. So we launched public node. And so what it is, it's, it's validating nodes. So those computers that are up there validating and tracking where payments are made and, and who owns what and what, who said what to whom. Um, and so we, we run some hardware up there to basically strengthen the infrastructure of Stellar and, you know, kind of elevate the voice of the public community uh, in, in the Stellar ecosystem and the protocol. So that's what Public Node does. Awesome. I, I think it, it's a good, um, I mean, that model really kind of represents the whole model of this space in general. I think it's all about decentralization, community you know, people making choices about the future, where things go is um, in terms of, I, I've seen some stuff and I'm, this is slightly out of my knowledge base, but in terms of voting, there's, are there voting mechanisms with developments that come in to Stellar's blockchain? Do, do the community get involved in the direction of the tech or is the tech kind of developed and, and then the community just makes suggestion? Absolutely. And actually that's what public node specifically does. So anybody can, um, it's all open source code. You can go to the place where all the developers are that, uh, you know, champion this, even Jed McCaleb or any of the, the masterminds behind the, the code originally all kind of go to the same open forums. You can see the chats as the code evolves and gets better and has upgrades. And, um, so anybody can contribute there and, you know, uh, make a state an opinion or help refine the code. That, that's all certainly open to everybody. But um, as far as changing the code and actually upgrading it is up to the validators. So oh. the validating nodes vote on protocol upgrades. And in theory, if a protocol upgrade came up and it was controversial and they couldn't agree, you just stay with the current version and everybody would go forward until the code refined to a point where all those that are validating the public ledger agree that this is a good upgrade and going in the right direction. And because public node has three validators up there, we get a voice and we get a vote. And any of our members that are members of public node help contribute. They have basically a vote within a vote they vote on protocol upgrades and then our, our nodes vote consistent with our members. So it really does give a voice to a direct voice from the pub, from the stellar community to the protocol and the upgrade and how it refines over time. Cool. It's an awesome model, which you see across the whole industry, which I think is really, is really good. You know, um, in terms of the future, I mean, where, you know, just kind of, kind of putting yourself, three, four, five years ahead, you know, where, where do you, I know this is a wide question, but I think it's an interesting one to explore, you know, where do you see the, the whole kind of blockchain economic space going? I mean, do you think, and of course the NFT, um, the NFT element that's come out recently, which is everywhere, I think, you know, anyone in the general public, even if they don't know crypto are now, you know, understanding NFTs or getting to grips with them, you know, do you see this as, you know, you remember the beginning of email and, you know, when, when SMTP and these kind of developments were happening, you know, five, 10 years from now, you think this will be everywhere? Do you think it will serve just a certain purpose? Um, you know, what is your kind of vision for the future on, on the whole sector? Yeah, you know, 
it's kind of funny in this space and and there's a lot of different use cases it's kind of funny i feel like you know some people said blockchain and i think there's some amazing aspects of blockchain the public ledger a common space the decentralized aspect of it i think it lends itself to a lot of solving a lot of problems but it's certainly not a solution to everything i think there's a lot of people that are that are trying to use it like a square peg round hole type of aspect the part that like clearly resonated with me was the payment space and the simplicity of stellar of the idea of just being there to yeah. transfer value um but you know the smart contracts aspect absolutely i think people get really excited about that um and then the nft space i think that's got some maturing to do but i do like the premise of it which is the idea of empowering the artists and uh, digital art and and letting people you know fund the artist directly, of which a lot of what Stellar lets you do as well. Originally with um, uh, Satoshi Pay, they they let you you know write an article online and then unlock that article with a micropayment straight through your browser. And because of the low fees, it goes directly to the person who wrote it. And so yes, I think absolutely we're going to see this. We're going to see it in a lot of different spaces. Is it a solution to you know the world's got a lot of problems, so a lot of a lot of things that we can solve. I don't think it's going to solve uh, the vast majority of them, but I do think certainly with payments of value um, and maybe some of those financial contracts and such, I do think that yeah, blockchain is here to stay, and I think that we'll refine it over time. A lot of really smart people will do that. And again, I think you're right. It'll be in the background. It'll just use the SMTP. I've heard that analogy used a lot. We, we use email. Uh, what we didn't realize is that, you know, AOL had to like communicate with what, Netscape and all the ones that they had back there. They had to figure out a way to communicate with each other. They did that. And now we just have email. My guess is a lot of these blockchains are going to look that same way in the future. And we'll probably all be using blockchains more than we really realize. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. It's definitely not going to solve everything. I, I was funny. I was listening to another podcast the other day with a uh, with a blockchain economics expert, but they were talking about, you know, at the end of the day, every single problem, pretty much that you look to solve, has a person involved in that problem as well. Anyway, so yeah, there are yeah there are there are many problems that could be solved, but there are also many problems that we can create beyond those solvable problems. So yeah, certainly. Um, you touched on smart contracts there and um we hadn't kind of talked about talking about it but i'd love to uh, maybe i'm just thinking about the audience and who we have on here and non-profits it, are you called just you know can you give a bit of background on what smart contracting is about um and if you know if it feels like we can maybe dive into the kind of potential non-profit use cases but just generally can you give some kind of background on smart contracting from an from an audience perspective you know, I'm I'm gonna have to I'm gonna pass on that. So okay. uh, uh, only because there are people that spend a lot of time thinking about smart smart contracts and how they apply. I I really mean it that I am attracted to the very simple aspect of it. If I were gonna open up a burger joint, it would look a lot like In and Out or one of these places where they specialize in one thing and and they just do an incredible job at it. I know that you can have you know expanded menus and there's a lot of creativity in this space and that's what I think smart contracts let you do is that. Idea that you can program specific actions that happen through contract time. An action will happen and the contract will progress through uh, through a, a normal course of, uh, of a contract. I think, um, you know, generally there's a person in involved there, a phone call being made, an email being made, and, you know, certain benchmarks get made, uh, certain tasks get done, and then, you know, you kind of move forward with the plan. That's that's about as far as, as I know about smart contracts. Cool. But, um, but yeah. All good, all good. Um, 
advice to nonprofits, you know, I'm a, I'm a nonprofit out there. I'm looking at, you know, I've heard the word blockchain of, you know, I've heard of Bitcoin. I'm kind of, you know, want to learn more about Stellar. You know, what, what advice do you give someone just trying to kind of get to grips with, with the industry, places, resources, places they can kind of learn more about this and how it might apply, you know, to, to the work they're doing? Yeah, you know, um, my first thing would be there's some great educational. If you're looking for Stellar, absolutely go to their website. They've got some educational material there that you can look at. Uh, you know, Coinbase actually here uh, they 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 actually partnered with Stellar pretty early on, and they had some videos that they produced. And I saw a lot of blockchains kind of follow Stellar's lead there, and uh, you can watch those videos and kind of understand how these different blockchains are. What's what problems that they're trying to solve and actually do a really good job of explaining it in a pretty concise, understandable way. So I would encourage somebody to do that. And then uh, the other thing I would say is, is play with the technology a little bit. It doesn't take a lot. Uh, I wouldn't, don't obviously don't, don't throw a bunch of money at things that you don't understand. Uh, but certainly you can, you can put in just a little bit of money, uh, like just, you know, five bucks or something like that. Play around with the technology, get yourself a wallet that you, that you like one of the digital wallets, just start, you know, even just passing money to yourself just to, and then start thinking about how this could be used, how this could help your nonprofit. Um, and then I think you'll probably be where I am um, after a little bit of time because it's just too compelling to, to stop there. Cool. And, and if people want to uh, find out about yourself and you, where's the best place to kind of, kind of find out and, and follow you or, or, or whatever else. Yeah, so uh, I think any of my projects, but I would go to um, publicnode.org. That's probably the, the most straightforward. You go there, you scroll down. Uh, I'm the president and, uh, and treasurer of there. You'll see my, my name on, in my picture there with my, my two other um, board members. And, uh, and you'll see Mago Fox's name and we have an email contact. You can contact me through there or just Keybase or, or any of that. So I'm not too far away from that if you'd like to, to talk and reach out or um, actually, if, if you're a nonprofit and you are going to, and you want to start accepting stellar donations and, and join like a pretty, pretty neat list of, you know, nonprofits that you might know, you know, like Heifer International and University of San Francisco, the Humane League, uh, Bali Food. So there, there's a lot of Bali Food Bank. So there's a lot of, uh, you're in good company. And so if you want to do that, certainly reach out to me on any of those emails. Uh, there's always a contact list and, and let's talk and get you on that list and get you to try the technology because I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Awesome, Daniel. Cheers. I will leave all those notes in the, um, in the, in the, I'll leave all, all those uh, contact details in the speaker notes. So yeah, brilliant. It's been, it's been great to catch up. Appreciate you giving your time and um, look forward to, to, to working with you more over the coming months. So fantastic, Matt. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for listening to the Task Podcast and hope you found it interesting. If you'd like to get in touch and have a chat with myself, Matt, or one of the team, then we are at hello at task.io and we'd love to speak to you. Cheers.